0: welcome to the creative business brain podcast my name is helen knights and i'm the creative leads consultant for the creative business brain we help graphic designers and small agencies build consistent streams of high paying clients and today i'm going to be talking to jack baker so welcome jack thank you very much for coming on the podcast thank Um, you
1: very much for having me
0: Oh, you're very welcome. I'm really, really excited to have you. And I know you've had a lot of experience in design and you've been running your own business for quite some time. So um, would you be able to tell everybody a little bit about your business and about what you do and your background?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. So I've basically got two businesses. Uh, My first one being a graphic design agency that does everything from B2B sort of graphic design to Um, agency-based work, um, contracted work, that sort of thing. And then I am currently building a second business, um, which is, again, another design agency, marketing agency sort of thing going on. Um, But that's focused more towards podcasters. and uh, Yeah,
0: where did you start?
1: Yeah, so I graduated university in 2017 um, with a degree in web design. Okay. I I left the university. I, basically what what happened was I I started out my my whole career. Like I've, I've always been creative. I've always done something arty. Um, my family are very creative based, and and very pushy when it comes to like art and music and and all the the outgoing creative endeavors that you know you you can do as a child. So yeah, uh, exactly. I've I've always had that, and I I joined and did my web design career well course um for three years and then from there i left and joined a a small family firm design agency print shop sort of Mm -hmm. you know print copy and i did that for two years and basically focused on everything from doing design work for the nhs all the way up to um team gb and others and it, it was it was quite a wild ride really i went from being a a student in a university to a lead graphic designer in a small (laughs) digital firm um which i thought was smaller than it it actually was and and the client bases were was colossal um
0: really wow so yeah wow well done that sounds amazing (laughs) (laughs) So yeah I guess it's it's always a bit scary isn't it when you get your first job you don't really know what to expect. How did you feel when you first got your first role?
1: I think I was a bit apprehensive. Um, it was something before I you know did university and things like that I had a job I, I was doing things um, in the, in the background so I was doing part-time work but nothing can really prepare yourself for going into an industry where you're doing that job day in, day out 24-7. I, I think with part-time roles, you kind of like have that break. Um, where I had a break of like having a couple of days off where I was able to do studies and and, and different bits and pieces. But mm. when you're actually going into a physical role, um I think there's more I think there's a difference between doing part-time roles and doing like full-time stuff. And that that is that you know the responsibility level is so much greater. And I think, you know, when it comes to uh, doing different bits and pieces, I, I think the responsibility level of like what I had to manage, for example, for, you know, where I was based, I went from what should have been, I should have been a junior designer. I went straight in as like the top (laughs) <laughs> i was basically the, the lead designer the gra- the graphic design side and i basically managed everything from like the printing outsourcing of all these different companies and uh, i was outsourcing all of that to different print companies and and doing it to the digital presses and and all that sort of stuff and also designing things and as a new designer with <laughs> barely any knowledge of really what what was happening in the real world it's, it was it was quite daunting um yeah. but thankfully i had a supportive family team that was around me which was very helpful
0: oh <laughs> yeah it definitely helps if you've got some people around you to yeah keep you on tracks and keep you motivated and keep you kind of feeling that you are doing the right thing
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um yeah because it can be yeah it can be a bumpy ride definitely um i was just thinking it just reminded me of one of my jobs when one of my first jobs i had was um an in-house designer for a company that made plastic products and they um they had no idea um like they'd outsourced work in the past and they never had their own designer so i was literally thrown in at the deep pen to sort everything out and it was just crazy
1: <laughs> so so how so okay so you 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 were doing stuff for like plastic so how does that work Cause- I've I've been very paper-based so I I had a boss that used to come in with a paper and he would test me on the thickness and the the grammage of of paper and he would go (laughs) what type of paper is this what what quality is this and and it would be a constant thing that will happen every weekday now from going from a company that has been producing stuff to then having their own designer how did you tackle that
0: they um well basically um I was I was kind of doing all their promotional stuff, so it was like obviously they were creating products that were already in the marketplace, like they um, they produced stuff for like Mothercare, um, Toys R Us, Tesco, you know, massive brands, but they had no um, they had no way of um like creating their own catalogs like they didn't their website was really rubbish they had like a, a price list i think that's what they had <laughs> when i turned <laughs> up they had a price list and that was it so i it was my job to really um make them look uh, like they really belonged in those um environments you know that they were obviously networking with big people and they just didn't have the the brand to to back it up and it was yeah i think um I, I, they must have had an amazing sales team that's all I can say <laughs>
1: <laughs> well this is the thing this is there's a big like misconception when when it comes to like talking about branding and, and putting yourself out there there's uh obviously we're both designers so we will obviously talk about like the importance of a brand and having a brand identity but you've got to remember that like places like Apple and Samsung and Nintendo and all these different places that you can name all started out with a pretty rough looking <laughs> design. I think Apple's got like a, a Newton Apple falling out the tree logo was the very first sort of rendition of their logo. And then that was sort of simplified over time.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and and even now, even if you're talking now about brands now, you've got um, Clubhouse, which is a new app that's been released for audio creators like ourselves um where we can talk and do these discussions but that has an sort of an emoji as its icon rather than an actual brand logo so it's sort of yeah it's yeah I
0: think it I think it started as a guy the guy that um, sort of had the initial concept, the initial idea about it. Um, it's actually his face was on the <laughs> was on the <laughs> um, on the clubhouse app image um, um and i think it's slightly different now but it's i think it's still him i think it's still his face which is quite cool it's like um having your face on a stamp or something like that isn't it <laughs>
1: yeah it's not like being the queen
0: <laughs> that's it exactly so obviously he's like gonna be hugely recognized but he did actually um i don't know if you've been in clubhouse a lot recently but he did actually come on in one of the rooms and i actually heard his voice and it was he was just like you know an average average person like it was really down to earth and it was just so nice to hear directly from the the creator of the whole app it was amazing so can i ask you um a little bit about i guess like the main kind of pivotal moments in your uh, career so far in your business so far yeah
1: i mean like one of the the major I, I mean i was given a piece of advice very early on which i'm quite thankful for um which was to sort of like focus what you're wanting to do specifically on, you know, for different styles around, I've got two different businesses, so they've got two different identities, but I was always told like, get a piece of paper, you know, one of the most powerful things that a person can be given is a pen and a paper and an idea. And then just to write down on that piece of paper, uh, all of what you can do just listing off everything that you can (laughs) you can do and then crossing out all the things that you don't like and then by the end you have a list of things or services in my case or products for other people um, that you can offer to other people Mm. and that's sort of like the first sort of building blocks of building a business and I think one of the major things that I learned through doing freelance work is that clients aren't your friend and you know when you have yourself a fixed price set yourself a very strong fixed price but have the ability to say no to someone because one of the most devastating moments of my, my career so far of doing freelance and doing my own things is saying yes to someone who who wanted less for what i was actually offering and actually i found out that i was actually working more and then when it came to actually invoicing and getting paid, they then refused to pay. And, and
0: yeah. it
1: was all a bit of an ordeal. It was a lesson, but every yeah. failure, there's a lesson, there's an opportunity to learn from it. And and that's that's kind of where it sort of skyrocketed really.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So so you found um, sort of really pinpointing down like your talents, your um, strengths and abilities as being like the main thing to focus on first. And then did you start to, think about who you really enjoyed working with
1: yeah I mean one of the things that I like most especially when I was the first agency was sort of the, the thing that I always go back to I you know I spent the last year obviously COVID's been around but I spent the last year just sort of researching I wanted to get into doing more contracted based work to see you know how different industries had worked because mm. what had happened was I had gone from a family firm design agency they were then purchased by another agency that was they 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 were more corporate based and then I then jumped ship from them <laughs> after six months of being with them and I jumped ship and then I decided to do some contracted work and then I worked as an in-house designer for um, an educate educational supply company okay. and what I learned from doing that was I had experienced all different levels. So, so right now I, if we look at it properly, I've, I've experienced agency life. I've also experienced in-house design life and I've also experienced freelance life. And I, all I can say is freelance life is, you know, it, it's not for everybody. It's something that, and, and I say that in a kind way because sometimes if you're a bit more introverted and you, you don't really want to put yourself out there and you're a little bit more, you know, subdued, maybe you, maybe a bit more time doing agency work and 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 sort of working for others kind of helps build the blocks because that gives you the confidence to then go out and do other things
0: yeah um and if if you find a good um company that will nurture you that is the best place to be but um to be honest i never really found that (laughs) i never never actually found a a com like an agency that was kind of like nurturing and a good Kind of culture and all that kind of thing I've talked about that a lot with people recently
1: yeah I uh, mean mm. I, I think I was quite lucky I mean out of uh you know you you start off doing design agency work well you'd, you'd start off doing stuff in university and you're in a class of what 30 25 30 to 25 people mm. and then you all leave you'll graduate with all these degrees to your name and I think out of a group of my friends I think there's about like eight or nine of us I I think I think there's about three of us that are really doing stuff in design. Yeah. Everybody else has gone off and done their own thing and and are successful in their own right in other areas. And, and they've gone off and, you know, they're happy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's, I think I was very lucky because I came out of university. I, you know, I had lost all of my part-time roles while I was at university. And yeah. so I focused all my time at the very end of the, the the stint to sort of focus and knuckle down on like your dissertation your major project all that sort of stuff Mm. and then I came out of university and I had nothing in my bank account like literally there was no money left oh gosh and my
0: my (laughs) parents
1: my parents were really supportive of me um you know if I didn't have the the infrastructure that my parents had in place I don't think I would have been able to do the things that I'm doing now and they really encouraged me at the time because I was wanted to do podcasting I wanted to go off and do my own thing or to start up my own freelance business straight out of university and all that mm-hmm. sort of jazz and they actually convinced me after probably 2 3 weeks of shouting fits and arguments and you know <laughs> you 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 know what family life can be like yeah and um they convinced me to go for this job and I applied for this design agency and yeah they they were because it was a family-based it was it was a small studio there was about five six of us um in a little little tiny place on the outskirts of of the city that I live near Mm -hmm. and we sort of sort of did all sorts of different projects we could do everything from like the logo logo for a, a van company that is around the corner to your local farmer to everything from that all the way up to nhs to, to team gb and um, even like <laughs> even government paperwork and branding <laughs> stuff for for different countries <laughs> for different people from all over the world um wow so yeah, is- it, yeah it, it was very good and obviously i I give great credit to my my boss and the people that were there because they took me in as a junior designer in a in essence with the title of lead. And they nurtured me to the point where it's like, well, this is how you do this, this is how you do that. Um, mm-hmm. show me everything from heat pressing to to printing and and I got the opportunity to learn things as I as I went. Yeah. And that gave me the confidence to be able to speak to, to people. In, in fact, I, I hated having phone conversations. I can remember it like pretty, pretty clear. The phone would go off in the office and I would refuse point blank to answer the phone. <laughs> and that's purely because I didn't like talking to anybody that I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I was
0: the same. I think it's really common. You know, um, a lot of designers I've spoken to, we all seem to have very similar. like Yeah. I like don't a, know what it I mean, is. Yeah. It's,
1: we can talk and chat all we want over email and, and, and and over messenger but when it comes to actually like picking up a phone call and saying look this is I think it's I think it's because we have that ability of like we want to be able to explain what we're trying to do to a project without sounding to the other person like you're patronizing and you're trying to tell them what they should and shouldn't do even though that's kind of what your job is to (laughs) you know <laughs> a job of a designer isn't to design and make something wonderful it's to problem solve the problem that they are giving you right. and some some people some companies that would some clients that would work for the company wouldn't see that and so they would try and take the lead and yeah it <laughs> obviously yeah. It's, it takes experience and takes time and you know to sit in an agency phone people up and chase people about different things and
0: yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. and i i mean i remember being in um like the first agency that i worked for they um yeah i was a junior there and i wasn't asked to answer the phone luckily because i don't think i would (laughs) have (laughs) done but um yeah i remember just feeling very pressured in that kind of environment i was quite shy um when i when i first started design and um, yeah I just felt I felt a, a huge pressure on me all the time to like come up with new ideas and um, you know yeah come up with original stuff and I was just I think I was always very anxious and worried that I was not doing I don't know I wasn't good enough or something I obviously had some kind of issue around that
1: <laughs> yeah um,
0: yeah I don't know if that's common or
1: yeah I think I think that is I think one of the the biggest things that I think a lot of designers, especially like, you know, I I speak to other designers outside and especially we're both in in a part of a a group online where there's designers that are talking all the time. And I think that's the biggest thing that is being spoken about the most is how uh, their confidence can sort of waver depending on how a client responds to certain things. Mm. And I think when you're, when you're first starting out and you're starting doing your design, Sort of endeavors, whether or not that's being in an agency or whether that's doing freelance, is pricing yourself correctly. And then being able to go, okay, I am priced correctly. I'm now going to go and target people. But this time, when they say, oh, I'm not really sure about that, I'm going to be able to stand my ground and say, you know, this is the price. If you don't like it, I can suggest other people that you can go to that can do the same sort of thing. But, you know, it's kind of you get what you pay for sort of scenario.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And I
1: think, I think especially when it's like, I don't know. I think for me, I think I was kind of forced into it because I would have late night sessions with my boss. My boss, God, he was a saint, literally, with oh, what uh, I I dragged him through. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he, he was a um, he was very focused on on grammar and spelling, and of course being well i am i'm I'm, <laughs> I'm a I'm dyslexic so I'm very proud to be dyslexic and and I think a lot of designers are
0: yeah.
1: um in that sense and obviously spelling a grammar or even writing an email for instance, could come across either patronizing or a little bit rude or you know and he sort of sort of mentored me, sat me down and said like right after work we're gonna have an hour of us sitting down we're going to talk about these different things you're going to write an email i'm going to have a look at it we're going to see what pointers we can sort of improve on and change and edit and i'm telling you now he he had more focus on me than wow. any of my english teachers did in my entire
0: <laughs> wow.
1: schooling career
0: what a lovely man
1: i uh, yeah. i mean you know it's 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 kind of luck when you find people like that i think mm-hmm. i think i was I think I came to the industry in the right time. I came to find them at the right time. He was in the process of a well, I'm not sure if he was thinking at the time when he was hiring me that he was going to retire, but, um, the business had been running for quite some time and, and, and he, he wanted to sort of like find an exit strategy to try and get himself out. Yeah. And that happened, you know, within the second year moving over. Wow. And, yeah it just yeah it was um it's definitely something you know it's something that I'm going to always hold with me wherever I go and whatever I do okay oh what does so-and-so want to how would they go about this project or what would they say or how would they respond to certain things like that yeah fantastic. Uh, yeah
0: wow excellent and and kind of like the stage you're at now are you are you working with the freelancers or where are things at um in your business now
1: yeah, so so my my design, my pure design agency is focused very much around branding and, and branding of of businesses. And I think one of the things that was really beneficial is is that the previous place is the well very connected in a networking environment. And what I do now is I connect with other designers, maybe a web designer or um, an animator or a motion graphics artist or, or a video videographer photographer in in fact as well mm-hmm. and we work with different clients so they get clients come in and I do as respectively and I'm able to ship work towards them and they're able to ship work towards me oh, and great. it's almost like we're working as an agency as a as a as a group yeah but we're all got our own separate businesses if that makes sense
0: yeah that's so yeah that sounds great and i um, I did a similar thing. Um, I, I used to, um, cause I got to the stage where I, I literally started my business on my own and I, I was single and I was just renting a room in a friend's house. And like, I, I was stressed to the heels because I knew that I had to pay my rent and all the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I, um, I was the same, you know, I, I was just like really, really um, determined to make it work. And um, I started to get quite busy after i'd done a lot of networking because this was like when i started it was way before facebook like i think my space was around that was about it but um yeah i used to get in the car drive around the country to all these network events even though i was really nervous like i i really did push myself out my comfort zone <laughs>
1: it, it's it's one of those things when you stand yeah. at, like like for example like all the, the companies that weren't before i think the company i was working for before they, they they were connected in a network called bni now I, I wouldn't recommend it for new designers or, or new creative individuals to to sort of look into bni
0: yeah. um
1: there's, there's a lot of these different organizations out there but it's that pushing yourself in front of someone and saying look this is what i do this is what i do for a living and mm-hmm. here's how we can help you is incredibly difficult to talk to you know these people who are sometimes much, much older than you and much more senior in their roles and, and more mm-hmm. established than you. And so when you're sat there, especially if you're <laughs> if you're fighting to, to sort of get a position in, in my instance, I, I had a opportunity to sort of take over um, a position as a, as a designer within the local chapter of BNI um, for me and I went for that opportunity. Because, you know, when an opportunity gives you, you know, I'm always one of these people that says, just, just go for it. Yeah. Just do it. And there was some other design agencies that came in that were much more established. There was more people in there. They, they had much much more power with, like, what they can actually offer. And, and it was kind of strange because it was a, a weird time because I had just started. And like you say, you, the, your first year of doing business is pretty much like, 75 percent networking about what 25 percent doing the work and you're not going to be earning anything through doing that
0: yeah it certainly was back then like that was the way that people built businesses were just going to network events like now it's so much easier with the internet
1: (laughs) yeah you say that but then you know there is the other added issue of like do you trust that person you know, with a face-to-face interaction. I think people are much more willing to trust someone that's actually come to speak to them physically than someone that's messaged them on Facebook, let's say. Um, I mean, there's ways of doing it. I mean, I've made it successful yeah. in doing yeah. the digital side. Yeah,
0: um, I mean, it's, it definitely works. It's, it's how to do it in the most effective way. Yes. Uh, obviously, um, like you say, a lot of people, Um, need to trust you first they need to get to know you and and understand what you do and um, usually if you lead with a lot of value in your business when you're when you're running your business online and you're very visible and people can actually see you hear you um, learn from you they will they will trust you just as much as they will if you were standing in front of them. So yeah, yeah, there are, there are ways of doing, doing it. It's just kind of like the modern way of building your business.
1: (laughs) It is. And you you know, it's it's all about the confidence of putting yourself out there again. I think, I think the digital space is really helping those that are more introverted that are not more, um, are less willing to put themselves out there because they're able to hide behind the screen. And that's a good thing in a sense that more designers, more creative people are able to now branch out and be able to do the thing that they want to do and and be successful at it and, and be able to do the, you know.
0: Yeah, um, and I think there's always a way, you know, if if people are scared to do video, it's not the end of the world. There's lots of other different formats that they can use. Like if they prefer to be in Clubhouse or, you know, there's, there's lots of different ways that they can meet people. Um, so, yeah, even if they are kind of a bit scared to to be in front of people straight away you can kind of build your confidence and start taking baby steps as long as you're um, meeting the right people and you know how to meet the right people so you're not wasting too much time
1: yes exactly
0: yeah so yeah it's um it's a really exciting time because so many people now obviously are working online because of the covid situation yeah i I mean the world yeah. has changed, doesn't
1: it? <laughs> it has changed dramatically in the last, well, in the last year. I mean, I started, I, I probably picked probably one of the worst years to start my freelance business. And I started last year doing, like, properly doing my freelance <laughs> freelance business, which is probably the worst time of the year to, to start with COVID-19 going around and, and all that sort of stuff and all the lockdowns. Yeah. But I think now, a year later, I think people, I think what's happened is we've now transitioned from this office work-based relationship to now a lot of jobs that are on offer. If you go on Indeed or or places that are, you know, your job searching places, a lot of them are now offering remote work, Mm
0: -hmm. which means
1: that, you know, you could be anywhere in the country and be able to work in a place that is situated in London, for example, um, which then gives greater opportunity for designers from all over the world. All, all over the place to sort of find work and and get connected and yeah,
0: really exciting isn't it i mean it is you, you can live is. anywhere around the world and get work and the, and the great thing about that is it's gonna it's gonna change a lot for different countries as well so there's you know i talk to people all around the world and like a lot of countries like i don't know like south africa or like some some countries where and uh, in india you know a lot of those countries where they don't really get paid a lot in comparison to you know what we get paid in the uk they they can do work with people in america or uk and actually get paid a decent amount of money which is going to change the world it really will
1: it it will i mean you know the way the world works or worked before covid was very stagnant and people had been talking futurists were talking and saying oh yeah in the future we'll be all working from home you know we won't be going out there won't be need for transport as much because not many people will be going out and it'll be only people that you know needed to physically be at a place um to sort of work and then there was the other side that people were saying oh no that's not going to happen in the next 50 60 years sort of pushing it right back sort of thing and now we've had a year where everything sort of had to stop and then all of a sudden now we've got a load of surge of people going well I'm not actually willing to go back into work why why I actually enjoyed myself working at home I was I actually figured out that I you know learned how to do things at home and I think I'm I'm going to compare it to like when the Bible was first translated from Latin, which was the tongue, which was always used for the bishops and the priests and and all that sort of stuff. And that was converted to the the natural tongue, which was English or whatever. I think it was Germany who did it first really. Um, And that changed the concept of how religion was from being a very much like you have to, no latin to be able to do things and and you know taking advantage of the little people which was everybody yeah. and i think i think now we're learning as a society that these jobs that you do in an office from nine till five can easily be done at home but you can also be able to juggle, you know having a family or you can be doing your own little business along the side because you know you're able to answer the phone for clients and yeah, you're able to you know juggle quite easily
0: mm. and i think
1: starting a new i think 2021 and going into 2022 i think that is probably the best position to be in forget about the economy forget about how how everything is at the moment but i think it's probably the best time to start a design agency or a yeah. creative business doing something that is a service yeah.
0: um there's huge, yeah. huge opportunities and it's really um Just looking in the right direction I was saying that to somebody the other day like somebody was commenting on one of my posts that oh people don't need design as much and like (laughs) saying things like the companies that they were working for aren't doing very well so they've like cut the contracts and all that kind of thing but I said okay there's always going to be an upside and a downside to everything so you know if you if you're focused on all the industries that aren't doing so well then obviously that's um it's unfortunate for those companies and obviously feel for those but there are also a huge amount of new opportunities and and industries that are thriving in this um current time and i mean i've heard of some amazing stories in clubhouse actually of people that have just started businesses or like within the last year and are making like six figures already because they've they've um been focused on a you know, a specific problem that's been created because of the situation, and they've solved that problem. So it really is about just being really, really creative and focused on, and on what you can do to help people right now. And then there's always opportunities there.
1: Yeah, I, I exactly. I, I mean, one of the the main concepts of like when you're starting your business and you're doing your your own stuff. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's you know, it is what it is. But I think. It's given more opportunity. People, people do. There, there's always the complainers that complain about, oh, oh, Canva's out now, so there's no need for a design agency because um, they, the, my clients can just go over to Canva and can do it all for free. Mm-hmm. And then, and then my question would always be to these people: is like, so what are you doing? What 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 are you doing to improve? What are you doing to adapt? How are you changing? How are you going to make your customers want to come to you? It's a great opportunity it really is yeah canva has given you an opportunity to change and be more distinctive in what you're wanting to do canva can do all the fun things like doing everything from you know your youtube little thumbnail artwork piece Mm. and to your social media posts if it really wanted to yeah but they are not trained as a designer. They don't have the degree level that you'd have and they don't have the skills that you have or the eye for detail that, that you have. So mm-hmm. how do you improve your business to then sort of run alongside that, you know, yeah. people are always going to find a problem that they're always going to moan about or complain about, but it's those that actually solve that issue. That is the ones that are going to do well. Yeah. So like what you're saying, like for example, I had that disheartening thing because my Luna Studios, Luna Studios is the business that I have, which is a marketing agency that's designed around developing cover art and, and and things for for podcasters. But the original idea of it was to sort of help people edit their podcasts and put it together. And when you price things up, and you go, okay, I'm going to spend X amount of time doing this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and then you you're thinking, oh, it's like you know, it's four figures that you're going to be charging people
0: mm-hmm. for a
1: season of episodes sort of thing. Yeah. And then you go, oh, well, there's an app out there called Anchor there. You can go off and do your own thing and, and produce things. It's great. It does its job. It does everything it needs to do perfectly well. And it helps those people that, you know, are wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's those that are in the level where they're now taking the podcast and being that's now the business rather than that's the extra hobby thing that I have on the side. Yeah. It's it's that level step up that you're wanting. So it's, I think what I'm trying to say here is know your market. And when you know your market well and you understand who you're talking to and, and you can sort of leapfrog from those people, mm. I think it's very, very easy for those people to then go, okay, I'm going to, use you because okay it's going to cost me money but i know at least you're going to do it right or correctly and i'm not going to mess up and i don't need to spend an hour a day doing this post because i've got someone who will spend okay a bit more time doing it but at least i know it's spelt correctly and everything's accurate and everything's on point and it's going to be uploaded on time and i don't have to worry about what i'm going to post or anything like that because that's all managed.
0: yeah I would focus on definitely focus on like the the key things that are making life easier for them
1: <laughs> absolutely I mean yeah exactly it's just focus focus on the key pointers what what is the problem that you're solving is the number one question with everything that you're doing a lot of things now is like oh, I can go on Canva and make a logo yeah but are you the type of person that goes okay here's someone that's coming in Is a you know, a you know, fine tech company wants a logo. Are you just gonna do a slapdash drop of a logo and just do it very generic? Or are you gonna actually go, well, what is your problem? Who's your target market? Why are you why are you looking into that area? Um, what is the problem that you're solving? Why does your brand that you've got at the moment not work? Mm. And sometimes when you do things like that and you ask those questions to your clients, sometimes you get little minor breakthroughs, and then that then can then sort of leapfrog onto your what you actually design as a logo as a overall identity
0: yeah and often those kind of conversations um i remember when i first started designing, i wasn't very good at those conversations but um as i've got older i've i'm not as scared to ask you know more much um i guess more personal questions because it actually does really help you if you really understand what's going on in their business so yeah if you can find out you know exactly um what what their worries are you know what what are the real problems that are going on you can often solve much bigger problems than you've than they first kind of called you in for so um that's that's something that was kind of like a pivotal moment for me definitely i realized you know i'm i can actually do so much more for these people with all the knowledge and expertise that i've got
1: exactly i mean for example for me we had, a, I was, you know, this is doing freelance stuff. I had a client come in going, I want a photo shoot doing, you know, doing exercises. It's a, it's a love, she's a lovely client of mine. She does, you know, all sorts of different things. She's had a pretty <laughs> rough time for the last two, three years. Um, but she's, she's starting up her own business and she's doing her own thing. And, and she's pushing herself, which is all the benefits that you're wanting. But she came to me directly because I do all sorts of different things. I'm a bit of a all rounder. I'm I'm what is called as a a universal designer or as someone likes to class as at the moment, I'm more becoming like a T type designer, Um, which if anyone knows what that means, it's basically like where I'm I I, I do absolutely everything, but then I'm (laughs) focused on, on, on the branding aspect of it. Um, And, she came in and she's like okay i want some photo i want to do a photo shoot of me doing some exercises with a few of my friends and and then i said okay we can do that but what is the purpose of doing these photos oh i'm going to put them on social media i'm going to share them around with my friends and i'm going to try and get them to pull in okay so you're wanting to get generate more customers through doing that and, and she goes yeah i said so why didn't you hold an event why didn't you you know get yourself a stall and and get yourself banners and you get yourself properly branded out. And then you can sit there and have an a, event, maybe even it was quite recently. So I was saying, why don't you have a zoom event yes. and, and sit online and you know, you can promote things and you can record it. Mm-hmm. Um, you could potentially make that into a podcast or you can make that into a video, wh- whatever you wanted. And then that can go on your website. Mm. And then down now you've got what would be a couple of photos. Now you're thinking of a video project. Now you're thinking of a podcast I mean you can do you can do both I think yeah. one of the things that you know people miss out on is when you record a video for example and you you go and put it out you should also convert that into a podcast and people like to listen to the audio yeah. and then you've got different mediums for different things uh,
0: yeah, yeah that, everybody <laughs> likes um, yeah because everybody's uh learns in different ways like some people are visual, some people are auditory, you know, some people are kinesthetics. that like to be involved in workshops and stuff like that. So yeah, it helps to kind of pinpoint what your, you know, who your target market are and, and what type of um you know how they learn the best. Obviously a lot of designers are quite visual, but I'm also learning that a lot of them like audio too. So that's why I started the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's um it's it's interesting and it's also like you say, it saves a lot of time if you can do things like that Um, definitely saves a lot of time. You can um, kind of transcribe things that you do, um, turn them into blogs or all sorts of things you can do.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you, you saw the, the new opening event or like a stream on event from Spotify um because anchor is is part of spotify one of the things one of the new features that they're now offering is if you've got a wordpress website and you do blogs on those wordpress platforms one of the things that they're now starting to offer to people is the ability to take that content of your blog get it translated into a spoken word like how we're doing now yeah and then that then creates the podcast so we're going to have in the future on especially on Spotify where there's going to be podcasters that aren't even (laughs) aren't even podcasting they're actually just audio transcripts of a blog post
0: which which (laughs) is just
1: mind-blowing in terms of like the technology that's involved around doing that
0: yeah it reminds me of um an app that I came across recently uh pocket have you heard of pocket I haven't no it's an app um I think somebody mentioned it on LinkedIn and it's an app where you can save articles um, in a folder and then it reads it to you. So if you're busy and you're in the shower or wherever.
1: (laughs) I I think, yeah, Yeah. I think there's an emphasis. See, that's, again, it's like going back to the the thing that we were talking about at the beginning was, you know, COVID-19 has kind of put us in, like there's two types of people. There's people that just do nothing and just sort of, oh, I'm just going to stay on furlough and I'm just going to sit there and just sort of bum around for a bit because I'm getting paid, don't really need to worry. And then there's the other side that goes, right, this is an opportunity to sort of break free from my my day job and actually find something that I actually enjoy. And then they go, okay, what problems do I have the most that, you know, need to be solved? And, for Mm -hmm. example, with what you're saying with Pocket is they obviously found that they don't have time now to read because they're obviously, you know, They're waking up and getting themselves ready. They're running to work. Then they're working all day. Then they're coming home exhausted and tired and not really wanting to read or do anything because of all the thousands of emails that they've probably read in that day. And then, you know, they're coming home and they just want to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a great time for a podcast to be listened to because, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're dozing off, you can have, you know, think about these thoughts and this process. And
0: Yeah, definitely. And I just find... Um, I listen to a lot more audio than I used to um I listen to audio books you know while I'm cooking or cleaning the house <laughs> you know there's always I've always listening to things I think it's such a great use of your time um and especially I, I because I love learning and I love reading books as well so yeah I just find audio versions of things are just really really handy aren't they
1: exactly I mean especially well I'm I'm dyslexic so I I know I say you know I've I've mentioned it enough but I'm a bit of an ambassador for it (laughs) a lot of people who are dyslexic have a difficulty with reading um especially reading out loud and sometimes you know especially for me I'm I read articles don't get me wrong I read Facebook posts I read articles I read emails uh, you know that doesn't faze me Mm -hmm. but when it actually comes to like sitting down here's a marketing book for you to like read through that's you know quite a daunting thing to sort of sit there i have to really be in the mood to do that whereas yeah. with the podcast it's like oh here's how you do this or um like titles like i'm talking to this business guy about how he set up his you know there's a there's a great podcast by npr which is how i made this which talks to it's it's a great dj is a is a dj that does it in America, and he sits down and he talks to the creators of all sorts of different things oh. um it's on all the different streaming platforms and and stuff like that but it, it, it's very good because it sort of like gives you the especially if you're starting out like like for me i'm starting out i've just really started my design business that started to sort of take off, there's clients coming in, I've got work coming in and and stuff happening. And now I've decided I'm going to also create this other business, which is focused on like the influencers, the digital space. Because my my issue is that I found that there's an issue, there's a disconnect between traditional design agencies and their knowledge level of what an influencer is and what they do so there's sort of a stigma between you know someone who's doing things online creating videos creating content mm. and they're not able to get the services that they could if they were you know
0: absolutely yeah so
1: yes yeah, so that's sort of like where i am i'm trying to bridge the gap with that sort of side of things <laughs>
0: Sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm helping people like that all the time, like um, designers that are, I'd say the majority of the people I've been helping recently are kind of small agencies. So um, yeah, and, and they, even though they've been established for quite some time, um, I'm helping them, you know, create a, a flow of, of higher paying clients, because their, their clients are so erratic, like the, the workload is still so erratic. Mm. um because they haven't created a system for it so so yeah um that's that's basically what i do and um yeah i mean there's there's huge potential for that kind of work and and i think it's really exciting that um you know people like you and me are bringing uh designers into the future (laughs) let's say
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i'm not teaching people how to design i'm i'm more like focusing on their branding aspects yeah it's, it's definitely like I, I mean i do it on social media i've i've started doing you know this traditional i'm switching it up a little bit because i want to be a bit different to what everybody else is doing but but a lot of designers on instagram at the moment are doing a lot of this value version of the the way things are working so if you a lot of people now are seeking it's not about you or me it's a lot about how I can help you It's the value that you can give someone else. Mm. Um, so when your viewer looks at it, go, Oh, that information actually helped me that actually guided me in the way that I actually, you know, wanted to go down.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so there's a lot of posts on my Instagram at the moment, which I think are terrible. Like, <laughs> they are the worst design things. Cause I didn't spend time on them and didn't really think about what I was doing and sort of slap them together. And now I'm in a place, especially now doing the podcast with you, I'm in the place where I'm now thinking, okay, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to start doing audiograms. I'm going to start, you know, yeah. I find it easier to communicate via the voice than I do in written words. So why am I doing written word pieces? Is yeah. it because everybody else is doing it? You know, it's almost like you've got to find your medium, your, your, your platform to sort of play around with
0: definitely definitely yeah work so stick stick with the things that you feel are your strengths I I definitely think that's the right track to be on and you're amazing on audio you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) So yeah you've got a great voice uh, for podcasts and
1: everybody says that I don't get it I, I one of the things right so so to have break the third wall a little bit when it comes to like doing podcasting is when you're doing and creating things online and you're you're go back to edit it one of the worst things is that you always will hate your own voice yeah so, I for,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for me i hate the sound of my voice because i just think well it's just all very nasally and it's not very i'm i'm going to highlight all the points <laughs> of the voice that i want to change i was like oh it's all very nasally it's all very up in you know very upper crust sort of stuff that's happening and then everybody that speaks to me is like oh I like your voice it's nice it's nice sounding it resonates
0: yeah it (laughs) is and isn't it weird how we we, I think everyone feels like that because I've had people say to me oh no you've got a really really nice calm voice and
1: yeah uh, yeah
0: so, so I think everyone's got um just I guess just a bit paranoid about their own The way they sound and look, probably. So I
1: think it's unnatural for us to actually be able to hear our own voices. I think what we hear is a a head voice. So when we are speaking, we're we're actually hearing the vibrations of what we are speaking through our skulls, if that makes sense. Yeah. Someone medical could probably correct me on that, but that that's how it's working. So when you actually hear yourself correctly, it's like, oh. It's not quite how I thought I was sounding. <laughs> and yeah, like, mm, it's not quite, it's not quite what I wanted to say and, you know, this is Yeah. But yeah. yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah, really interesting. So, yeah, I'm really excited for you. It sounds like um sounds like you've got amazing ideas and I'm really excited for your business. Um so, yeah, I mean, is there anything I can help you with today or is there anything you want to talk about just to finish off today?
1: Yeah, I mean, no, it's very exciting to be on a podcast that's talking about new creators and and giving new creators a platform to be able to speak and, and and say you know different bits but if you are a new creator and and you're creating something in an online space i think one of the best things and the best pieces of advice that i would ever give is like just keep doing it just keep going at it you know everybody starts at zero everybody starts with no followers just keep posting, keep doing what you want to do. And eventually you'll be in a position where people will be asking you how you got there. That is, you know, that, that's something that can happen. And I've, I've had experience of having that happen where, you know, I, my background originally when I very first started was going, I was doing radio and I did my own radio station and did all my own stuff in my own background and connected, with all sorts of people all over the world and i did that i gave that up for design mm-hmm. did design and now i'm going back to it <laughs> so yeah. It's sort of,
0: like... yeah isn't it weird how how things um yeah turn out because you know i was a designer originally and designer for many years and then i went into teaching uh, part-time um and still trying to carry on my design business and um and then I started to help people with their health because I was suffering with my health and and then um once I'd learned how to build a, a business online and p- people people were asking me left right and center how do you build an online business <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. funny so now I help cause... designers build their online business <laughs>
1: which is excellent which is yeah. great because that's actually you know, that's what you want to do. And that's, you know, that's part of your nature of wanting to do it. And yeah. it feels, and it, and it feels right. I mean, there's a lot of freelancers out there that are like, Oh, I'm doing design because I was a designer. Um, when I did this work and you know, it's kind of pays the bills. And it's that sort of attitude is sort of like, it takes away from like, you know, you've got to be really passionate. You're like, what, what is it that you wake up in the morning and you go, right, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to go off and do that. Um, Are you able to pick up the phone to someone and say, look, my business does X and I would like to work with you because, you know, and it's it's sort of pushing yourself and putting yourself out there. And, you know, and I think going back to something that we said earlier on in in the episode is you said, what's some of the biggest mistakes that I've made? And I think one of the biggest mistakes I made early on when I first started my design business was I approached all of the biggest companies I could find that were local to me. So I came out of an industry where I had worked with big clients and done big things with clients and I was approaching car dealerships and I was approaching, um, you know, (laughs) I was approaching big chain restaurants and I was approaching Coca-Cola and all these big brands because that's who I wanted to work with. So I was approaching them out of the blue. And some were a little bit more successful than others. And you got some open doors and you got some contacts out of that, but nothing really fruitioned from it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, as I, I said earlier, is everybody starts from zero. So you've got to sort of have that res- perspective of, yeah. okay, you're starting at the very bottom. Now we've got to talk to people that are at, you know, obviously don't undersell yourself, but but be at the level that you're starting out at. That yeah. makes sense? Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, it does. Sense?
0: It does. I think you definitely need... To- some experience and um I think I don't think there's anything wrong with being ambitious because I've always been really ambitious (laughs) um but yeah I totally understand what you mean I think so you know you you have to kind of understand the level that's right for you and the level of the business that the people that you're trying to help are in and whether that whether it's that that is a really good match because you've got to look at the skills you've got and whether they match like their needs and the problems they're having um that's really really important
1: Exactly. And, and sometimes, you know, you could be working with a company, uh, for example, you know, uh, there, there's plenty of examples where you could be working with a company where your morals don't match theirs. Mm. Um, I mean, when I was working in a design agency, I was working for a place or one of the clients came in and they had copyrighted photos. And one of the main tasks for me, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but one of the main tasks for me when I was first in a design agency, especially more modern, when it Transition from the family business into this this one was that they asked me to remove all the copyright features that another creative person had put effort into creating and then sort of trying to protect. And that was that was that was painful because it was like, well, you're going to have to buy the rights for it. And they go, yeah, 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 we'll we'll buy the rights when we have the money for it. I was like, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that. (laughs) It's the same with schools. I mean, there was a school as well that was that took photos of all their school children in there. And then I said, I turned around and they gave all the folder with all the school children in there. And I said, right, can I have the form for the parent signatures to say which ones, you know, should be in the photo, which ones shouldn't be. So I know which ones to blur out and, and yeah. remove and, and get rid of. And, yeah. and sometimes clients just do not understand that concept. So mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest lessons is like, you've got to, if you're going to receive photos or if you're going to be working with people's work, that might be, you know, it's always a good suggestion to sort of talk to the client and and speak to them and properly understand what they are wanting to do. Um, up front.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you very much, Jack. It's been amazing. You're
1: very welcome. It's been great.
0: Really excited to watch what you do with, uh, with your podcast business. Um, yeah, you, have, you got, um, have you got a page or anything or do you want to promote any page or anything on the podcast?
1: Yeah, uh, I've got a website. Um, my website is jackbaker.uk. Um, it is in the process of being redone. I don't know why I say that I'm going to redo it but it's in the process of being redone. And then I've got um, social media links, like my, my Instagram, if you really want to have a look at my Instagram and see how terrible it is. It's uh, <laughs> at jackbaker.uk, um, same as the web address, just with an app at the front. And then that's the same on Facebook and everywhere else, I think.
0: Lovely. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> well, have a look. Thank you very well,
1: thank much. Thank you yeah. very much.
0: And thank uh, you very much. Keep in touch. Let me know how it all goes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can of Keep course. doing what you're doing. It's great. Oh, well,
0: Thank you. Take care then.
1: Bye-bye.